millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Celtic Now and for podcast. My name is Ryan Crawford. Well, with a good podcast this week, Robert, big guest. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it'll be cracking. Really, really funny guys. So we're really happy to have them on. Definitely, mate. It's a big guest for us, Robert. Um, a lot of a lot of views on the old YouTube, Instagram. Funny, funny guy. Obviously, with the accent, we'll know he's, he's Irish. Absolutely brilliant. Steve. So, Steve, tell me for how's things, mate? Hello, hello. I'll just uh, counter in there. You said a very funny guy. I'll just say allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> no one knows this for sure. Allegedly. Uh, I'm good, I'm good. Enjoying the lovely sunshine. So, yeah, yeah, it's great, great. Well, I mean, Robert, you're absolutely funny. So if that's all it means, then that's all it means, mate. Um, well, I'll take that. But as she says, the beautiful weather, and obviously we're in, as we spoke before we come on, it's lockdown. We're all kind of... But do we go at the moment? Um, but a bit of sunshine, it's a bit of positivity. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's just great to get out, and it's great to, you know, even sit in the garden and have a cup of tea. It's just nice. And you can feel normal again. There's people walking around. It feels relatively normal, so it's nice. As, as uh, Steve says, I'd all about the bit of sunshine. Obviously, Glasgow for a change, it's sunny, so we're all happy. Yeah, Ryan, it's it's funny weather in Glasgow. Only I think, once. I think Glasgow is very similar to Galway. Yeah. Say that again. Once the sun comes out, everybody appears that you've not seen yeah, them. But I, yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. If I get even stay close to you, you're like, oh, I've not seen him in a year. <laughs> Crawl out of his hole. <laughs> but as, as as we say, Steve, um, a lot of kind of your comedy stuff. How's how's it been? Obviously, through what's been happening at the moment. Um, obviously, you've got a tour coming up next year. Um, have you been checking a plan new material for that? And just how's it really affected your comedy side? Uh, it's kind of affected everything. Obviously, we we're in the middle of a tour. We had to cancel that. So no, I don't. I it's been about. 13 months now since I did a live show so that's just crazy in itself like little did we think back at this you know that time early in 2020 it had end up like wrote off and probably a very large portion of 21 and especially my tour is not kicking off till January 2022 so that's it's just mad to think about that and yeah and I suppose I've kind of uh, I had a lot of issues with Facebook because my stuff has been misconstrued as hate speech and stuff which was just pathetic and uh had a lot of issues with them so my page is restricted so you're kind of you're kind of indifferent then about doing sketches because you're thinking but not my 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 fan base isn't going to see them mm-hmm. so why am I putting effort into doing this good what I think would be a funny sketch and throw it up Facebook if only 10,000 people will see it so you're almost kind of disillusioned in a way but yeah I've been kind of like I've been you know, as always, when you do sketches and things, you're always kind of thinking, when is the time to kill the character? Or when is the time to introduce another one? And you don't ever know when to do that because you play with ones and people are going like, go back to doing Farmer Michael. And then if you do Farmer Michael, they're going like, you need to come up with new material. So you're like, what the fuck do you want? (laughs) What do you want from me? So yeah, I've been kind of like, I'm always thinking, thinking and teetering around with thoughts in my head. So yeah, it remains to be seen what kind of path I'll go down yet, but we'll see, we'll see. It's actually quite, it's funny you say that, Robert, isn't it? Because a lot of people when it comes to comedy, 
obviously as it, as it goes along, people might go off. I don't want that, but as Steve says, when he when he changes, go back to that. So it's kind of you can catch twenty two. Yeah, yeah I, I get that. See on that, Steve, you're saying that. See on you're saying that. Um, how does comedy been like as like comedy for ten years ago to now is completely different. Like you need to watch everything you say. How do you feel with that? Have you been comedy for many a years? Has it changed? Did you have to change with the times? Well, I only started like six odd years ago, so it hasn't been a huge change for me. I kind of always was. I was always seen as controversial, even though I don't see it as controversial at all. Like I'm playing a character. It's parody. I'm using satire. I'm using exaggeration. I take the, like, especially when I'm doing something, say, about race or whatever, I take my opponent's position and then exaggerate it to the sense, to the state of ridiculousness. So, like, I, some people can't see what I'm doing. Other people can. But I suppose that's the nature of the game, isn't it? You're always going to be misconstrued by someone. You know, that's just the, the way it is. Yeah, especially in the 21st century, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Like you say, they're gays. That's enough to get some people started. You know what I mean? And you can't win. Yeah, I, I think that's what anything. It's anything in life now. You, you can't see anything now. Um, a lot of people are. You can I give you all? You can't see that and report your stuff. And but for me, comedy's comedy brilliant because that's a it's a way to obviously express yourself, express your act. And I don't see for me personally, you pay money to go and listen to it, and then you, you go away and you laugh and joke about it. So. I can under, I yeah. totally understand why you've got to watch your scene, but you shouldn't. It shouldn't be like that, in my opinion. Because comedy's comedy, and it's a laugh and a joke. Once you leave that, that's it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of, I'm in kind of two minds about it. Obviously, I'm not one of these people that say you should be able to say anything anytime. No, of course not. That's that's ridiculous. You know, you could, you can't come out and say some words or some things just because you feel like it. But you can make, you can make a joke about that topic. If it's carefully crafted enough, you can make like I done the one about Black Lives Matter, and I had to, I was on Irish radio half the morning defending it. But a lot of the African Irish community rang in in defence because they seen what I was trying to do. I was trying to, I was, I was basically taking the position of a, a white Southern guy that said like, sure, slavery was good for for black people. Slavery was good for them because look, they got to live over here in the beautiful United States. You know what I mean? So I was ta- mm-hmm. taking that stupid position that. Sure, if, if we didn't take them as slaves, they wouldn't be living such a good life, as if that is an excuse for something. And I was kind of thrown in the old, like, sure, you know, who wouldn't want to live in a rundown area of South Detroit or whatever, you know what I mean? So you're thrown <laughs> in these little digs, like, what's, obviously some people kind of misconstrued it and I was attacked a bit, but you're going to get that, as I said, you know. But I think yeah. that's, in general, Robert, and it, a lot of people do misconcept comedy for what it actually is, it's comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think in just general life, Ryan, people misconcept like anything you say nowadays, you need to watch your P's and Q's and everything. I think yeah. that's just general life. You're yeah. scared to say anything. Even you can't, sometimes at work, I can barely, you can barely crack a joke with people because you don't know how they're going to take it. I know, yeah. And it's, it's. I think Facebook as well has kind of guided that in a way. Because yeah. like, like I'm blocked at the moment from my personal profile for calling myself a cripple. You know what I mean? Just using the word crippled was enough to get me a 28-day ban. You know, it's, you know, Roxy said a name to me about two weeks ago with laughy faces, like Yamong child or something like that. It's a phrase we use in Galway. Mm -hmm. But immediately she got a a warning. And it's like, you know, you kind of, you know, where where do you draw the line? You know, do you go fall on now so you you can't use the word like twat or fool you know and then do you go beyond that you know it's like come on yeah definitely so how did you get into comedy steve what made you get into it completely and utterly accidentally i was sitting in my car and with my brother about as i said six seven years ago and i just asked him to record me doing i used to always kind of do kind of well i done loads of characters but i always used to do one that was a kind of a an ignorant farmer that used to take classic rap songs and just do them in a real Irish country version and that's how it all began and yeah kind of I had them on my phone for a while and I wasn't going to do nothing with them and then I threw them on Facebook and they kind of just took off and the rest as they say is history like it was just insane and I think then a lot of 
in the UK, it was just a lot of people of Irish extraction that were used to seeing them. But then I, when I started doing a bit more politics about, you know, David Cameron or whatever, and then the Everton as well, especially, then it kind of moved into a more mainstream kind of market, if you will. That's classy. It's, you kind of stumbled upon it. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. weird. Like, I'm an accidental comedian, you know, a serendipitous <laughs> comedian. Like, I, like I was always, I always, I was always the class clown. Don't get me wrong, I was always the messer. Like, but I never thought I'd actually do this as a career. Like, even when the video started taking off, I had offers in to do shows, and I was like, "How would I do that as a show? I'm not. What are you on about? No, like, I'm never going to like." do this live or whatever and then it ended up doing it and getting huge audiences in the UK and Ireland so it was kind of yeah it was scary how kind of how it came about and how it I suppose happens like yeah I suppose that's what happens in life sometimes things yeah. just happen yeah yeah well I've always said like especially with the nature of social media you could do one sketch and mention the Kardashians in it or Ellen or whatever and they could retweet it the next morning you could be on a flight to America. You know, it's just so instantaneous. Like you can just be taken out of obscurity and become a huge celebrity. I'm not saying I am. I'd love to be. But what I'm saying is it's still to this day that a lot it takes to like, you know, get huge in America would be someone big sharing one of your videos. Is that is that really all it takes in from, as you say, maybe one video, one, one wee, even a 30 second clip of somebody who's, as you say, is maybe a celebrity or somebody who's got one of these blue ticks on Twitter, tweets it or retweets it? Did your phone just go totally boom, boom? Oh, boom. yeah, absolutely. Like, we had a few big enough, you know, people sharing the videos. And, like, I suppose you look at the kind of stats and many people, you know, a lot of people watch the videos, but many people might have watched the video, but if you show them a side profile to me or a screenshot of a video shouting, they go, oh, yeah, I know that guy. You know what I mean? They might know that you do it all the time. They might think it's a once-off or that. Like, like I had a lot in the beginning and then when we started getting bigger again of people that thought it was actually a real person. So they kind of, I love that. So yeah, it just takes one person to retweet it. And like I was saying, like a few well-known people have retweeted them over the years and like it's it's got interest from different sources and things. So it's it's good. I'm not going to lie, seen nothing in the videos. I thought that was, I thought that was you. And then obviously seeing the other videos, I'm like, he doesn't talk like that. <laughs> but I'm yeah, yeah. that's but that's the comedy act, that's the actor. Yeah. Well, I suppose it's it's a it's a testament to the strength of the character that people actually think it's a real accent. Because mm-hmm. I think the accent's so ridiculous that how would anyone take it to be real? But then you're thinking, yeah, I know me and I know my voice. When you're only used to hearing that voice, you might go, Yeah, that's that's probably him, you know. Yes, it's good. So how did Father Michael come about? What made you bring him as a uh, I suppose, like I was saying, I was always doing kind of stupid kind of comedy raps as a farmer. So like the first video, the first video I'd done with my brother, it was Farmer, I was Farmer Martin. I was just Martin and I was talking about just an argument between myself and my neighbour or something. And then I just thought that Michael sounded better. So it just became Michael and then it just stuck after that and I suppose he's a kind of an amalgamation of like a lot of people I knew growing up when I used to go visit my relatives down the country you know it's that kind of thing you know it's down in Roscommon and Mayo and stuff not in Galway you wouldn't see that many of them but it's kind of a very very countryside kind of fella okay because I must admit some of the videos are honestly mate they're outstanding I know you've had millions of views and it's just that for for you personally, it must be a, a you kick as well, knowing that you're you're kind of making people laugh and smile, and you're getting a good kind of a good kind of kick on yourself about it. Yeah, it's kind of it's it, it's weird, like you know, when you get messages from like famous people that we, you would have grew grow up grew up idolizing, and they send you messages and stuff. Like to get a message from Don French and stuff was just you know crazy, like and certain certain people like that, and like. Freddie Flintoff and like Gary Lineker and things. Not that now, being a being a, an eighties child, Gary Lineker would have been my enemy. You know what I mean in football terms. But like you know, he he retweeted my video about the cycle and everything and donated money and everything. So it's kind of mad, you know. And yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Like 
you know, I said it on the late, late show that I find I kind of find it hard sometimes to feel to experience joy or happiness. So when you know that you might be allowing someone else to experience that, it's a kind of a deflected happiness back on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's great that you're saying that comedy and you're getting so well and popular through it. Have you, what sort of celebrities have you met and been, wow, I've just met, say, for instance, Conor McGregor? Uh, yeah, your... I suppose he's the most famous person I've met, really. Like, I've met I a good few yep. people, but yeah, he would have been the most famous, like, and that kind of came about by accident because he just happened to be in Galway. And loads of people are ringing me going, like, you have to. People are saying you look like him. Or at the beginning, it was the Conor McGregor fella that does the videos or the fella that looks like McGregor that does the videos. So they said, like, you have to get a picture with him. So we were down there and a former partner of mine went up to him and explained that I use a wheelchair and I'm down in the car. And he came down and he chatted to us. And it was just, it was crazy. like, And all the security around him and everything. And I was like, oh, Jesus, this is weird. <laughs> But the only regret I have is I didn't ask him to be in a fucking video with me. I was like, shit. <laughs> Just afterward, I was like, ah. You know, <laughs> but you know, you don't think like. Yeah. How was he as a person? Was he nice to you and very pleasant? He was an absolute gent, yeah. Yeah. Really nice a, a lot of people get, obviously, because of who he is and stuff, they get that, a perception. But most people these days always judge somebody with one photo or one video or one whatever else. You always judge somebody first, yeah. but until you actually meet them, for me yeah. personally, these days you can't judge anybody on one one week kind of incident or anything. It's you've got to ask some people first, and as he says, when he speaks to you, he's talking to you like just a normal person. I know he's a big yeah. celebrity, yeah. but he's he's had the kind of he's been nice enough to speak to you as a normal guy, and a lot of people don't really do that in the Soviet world these days. Yeah, because just got yeah. passion to their nose at you, which oh, I yeah. he could have he could have just ignored her and said, like, but now he ran or pretended he didn't hear her, but he grabbed her by the arm and linked with her and walked down with the security and everything. You know what I mean? Oh, I go down to the car. That's that's cool, you know. So like, oh, I suppose, but like he's controversial. Like, it's his thing to be controversial. He wouldn't be as big as he mm-hmm. is today without being controversial. He wouldn't have broken out of the UFC and into other things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you have to be controversial to get a chance to fight Floyd Mayweather. For Jesus sake, you know what I mean? Like, so like, yeah, so it's crazy. I've seen your videos where about fucking Mayweather's. That was brilliant, I know. <laughs> yeah, that was, brilliant. Jesus, that, that one, that one was just crazy. It was, it was on World Star Hip Hop and everything. Marilyn, Mar, what's your man? Marilyn Wayans and Shaquille O'Neal shared it. Like, you know, it was like, brilliant. what the hell? What the hell's going on? Shaq is sharing my video. You know, it's crazy. Like, and all these, all these uh, people from the African American community, yeah. Uh, under underneath the video going, why do Irish people got their funerals in their kitchens? <laughs> <laughs> Not understanding the whole uh, Irish wake thing. You know, and it was ghastly. See, when you were doing your videos and that, Steve, did you, look, were you checking YouTube and stuff all the time to see how many people were viewing it? And just uh, like... Well, I kind of, it was Facebook initially. That was the big one. I, I threw them on YouTube, but I was getting damn all viewers on YouTube. Twitter, I barely even used. Instagram, I wasn't even on it. So it was Facebook initially. That was the big, the big crowd. And then YouTube only in the last two years or so, it started to kind of catch up, I think. Yeah. But yeah, you do kind of get, you get obsessed with watching the views and the likes coming in. And when it does, when it goes really well, you're elated for the next day or two. And counter to that, and the bad side is you're very down and depressed when it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And you feel yeah. really bad and crap. And you kind of, the nature with me, when a video doesn't do good, not only do I feel crap, I feel like packing it all in and deleting my page. Mm-hmm. It gets to that extent, you know? So it's kind of like, so lately when losing like a vast majority of my audience with my page restricted, it's kind of like, it's a it's a knife in the heart, you know? Especially with lockdown and stuff and not being able to go out and do live yeah. shows. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. you want to kind of reach the biggest mass market you can, you know? Yeah, definitely. It must, be hard. it must be hard to lock down trying to do comedy as you say you've had to put your dates and stuff back. Do you feel like you've got so much stuff to give out but you can't do it all on YouTube or Facebook stuff then now? Uh you can't like it's kind of it's it's an odd feeling doing the videos these days because like I said, like it's all right for football and politics, Twitter is your your go-to for very stereotypical Irish Irishy type of videos it's definitely YouTube so I'm gonna like 
I suppose I just have to kind of, I have to plan from now ahead that Facebook is just my fourth or fifth kind of site and just mm-hmm. treat it as such and concentrate on Twitter, concentrate on YouTube. Because I was never one of them people that done different videos for different uh, social media channels like a lot of people do. I just stick the same one up. If I put it on Facebook, then I put it on mm-hmm. Instagram or whatever. But I suppose like, it's time to kind of, I'm lazy too sometimes. So I'd like to do different ones for different platforms. I'm like, fuck that. Just do one <laughs> video and post it on everything. Looks good, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of, but yeah, I need to kind of, I need to kind of up my game with regards to TikTok and things like that and newer platforms. But I'm, I'm nearly 40, so I'm getting old. TikTok's for children. <laughs> well, see me talk about TikTok. I don't, I don't actually view it. I, I, I downloaded it after one day. Take it away. I've just having the interest in it, but is that another another avenue for you to kind of advertise and promote your videos as well? Oh yeah, definitely. Like I remember when I first went on it, I heard I was watching the thing on like CNN or something, and they're on about this huge, uh, basically Chinese social media site, and I said I'm going to sign up for that for the crack, and I went on it and I was looking for people like I recognised. They didn't exist. There was none. None of them were on it. Then within a few months, like he had, like I seen Arnold Schwarzenegger was on it, and then like Kylie Jenner, and then it just boomed. And everyone, everyone I know that does sketches or does comedy is on it now. Like I only started. I just started reshare, like re-uploading some of my older videos, and I've, I don't know, I've eighty something thousand followers. So it's not so bad, like for something I just threw up my old stuff, you know. But you have to be careful as well on that because keywords and things get you mm-hmm. a temporary ban and it's yeah it's See, when you're making videos and that steve what's the process of it do you need to do so many takes on it to get it specifically right uh it depends on the complexity and the length usually like i'll i'll kind of i'll have an opening line or i'll have whether kathleen be opening or or me then i'm gonna have three points that i kind of have to hit so i'd everton lost so mention that specific incident create create a fallacy that didn't happen in the match but that Michael believes did yeah. and then say something about the position of the league in the league or an upcoming match and then go out with a, a closer like in the in a lot of the videos I, I never used to have a closer I had no closing line I would go out on it and I just laugh or just cry or just whatever you know what I mean so yeah that would be for the football then for the politics ones they're a bit more complex because you have to make sure You'd look back at it and you go, no, no, that's coming across as actually racist as opposed to making fun of racists. So you kind of, you'd be like, no, delete that one. We'll do it again. You know, so you have to kind of watch it to see how it comes across. Because some of them, like I done the one about like Metallica were coming to Slane in Ireland. And I didn't even enjoy doing the video. I was like, just pretending to be James Hatfield going like, yeah, yeah. And like that went up on a load of sites on social media. And I think it's my, my largest view on Facebook like 20 million or something I didn't even like the video and I didn't particularly like watching it even when it went viral I was kind of like oh, it's not, I, I don't like that it's not even funny but you just threw it up because you had to you had to stay ahead of current mm-hmm. events you know Metallica are coming to Ireland you have to do a video about it is that, is that something that you always as you say is if something happens do you think like I now need to act in that and do a video as soon as it happens or do you just wait and obviously process other things that go on and try and do it in a two or three minute video. Oh yeah, sometimes like, like we've always said that once if a big news story breaks, you have to be in there quick with a video. You mm-hmm. have to do it really, really fast. You have to basically get up out of bed if you're watching TV at night, get into the car, do a video, come up with the sketch in the top of your head really, really fast. Right, something happened to Trump. Blah 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 blah. blah. What's about Trump? Blah. blah mention something else. Then then confuse him with someone, and then get Michael going off in a rant about something else completely entirely, and just get it up there. So you do feel pressure to come up with material in seconds. You know, sometimes I'd be just like looking on my phone on a news app, and then I'd be like, "Oh God, that's just happened." Have to do a sketch immediately. So you're under pressure, and then like you've always the the counter to that, like you'd be like. Oh, why didn't I say this a few minutes after you posted it? You know, or someone will say something on Twitter going, it'd be cool if you mentioned, and I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, so it's because, you know, when you're doing my videos, like it all, it all happened. It was very music orientated and very farmery kind of Irish stuff. 
And then people used to start asking, like, what's Michael's opinion on X, Y, and Z? So that's why we started doing the more kind of current affairs and political topical ones then. Because people were at saying, I'd love to know what Michael would think of this. Mm-hmm. So we started doing them. So it's almost these days, like if, but you know yourself, you can't talk about something when it's past it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. New stories have their half-life and they're gone and dusted. Like if I done a video now about Luxembourg beating Ireland, no, who would want to watch it? Like it's, it's dead in the water. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Last week's news. You know, you have to get it out quick. So you're, you're on 24-7 really to yeah. check the news and check things that's going on and make sure yeah. that you're on your game? Yeah, the last while now I've kind of slowed down in the videos a bit. As I said, I'm kind of like stepping, not stepping back or stepping away from it. I'm just kind of regrouping myself, I think, and regrouping the way I do it. And should I introduce another character or should I change it entirely what I do? But I know people had missed Michael and I kind of miss doing Michael as well, you know, so it's kind of can't really get rid of him, but maybe just start developing other characters around him too. No, I must admit, as honestly, mate, it's, it's outstanding. It's just, I find it interesting how you, how, as you like, just talking to us, normal accent, brilliant, but then it's just boom, it's the character comes in. And I, I find it very interesting how, how you do that, for me, that's why I think people like comedy as well, because you can just transform who you are within a two or three second video. And people, as you say, people think that's the way you talk. But I did. Yeah, yeah. I think like I think I put a lot of emphasis emphasis into the, the mannerisms of the character. So like when I start doing Michael straight away, the hand goes the hand almost goes stiff. And I stiffen up because He's meant to be old, and I'm I'm more hunched over, and you kind of you kind of get it. You just you feel angry. You just when you do it, you kind of ah, there's anger that like boils up from your inner push down subconsciousness. So you almost get kind of like, and it's weird as well, Michael. If you look at some of the older videos and then the older older videos, the accent has changed so like drastically over the years, and I didn't even notice it happen. And a lot of the kind of more modern ones, it's just kind of me screaming more so than anything else. Because I don't know how that happened. Like the early Michael, he never shouted or screamed. He was very kind of, he'd go, what? I don't know, I wouldn't know about that. You know, he was a bit more set down and the voice was a bit deeper and more kind of country like that. And then I kind of just went that fucking ah, mad kind of one. (laughs) I think it's because just one or two videos, people like, liked, I think the 29 years Kathleen one as well when Galway won the, hurling in Ireland and everyone could relate to it because they, they felt the elation of their team winning after so long and when the wife goes what about our wedding day ah fuck you on the wedding day you know what I mean <laughs> the kids were born now nah, them kids are only you know fuck off back to Waterford you know what I mean it's just that elation of your team winning like I know I know Celtic fans wouldn't have any uh, idea about winning lately but uh, we leave that aside yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's just brilliant, like how how you can how as she says how you can transform into that character, and you see how your your body the old, the old farmer uh, the farmer can act. I think it's brilliant how again it's it's brilliant how you can do it all the time because as Robert says it's and you said as well it's basically a full time job. You have to look at the news. You have to kind of go right. Yeah. What's in fashion? What's 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 in the media so I can do it? And again. That's really that is really brilliant. I don't a lot of people wonder, understand that. They don't understand obviously what it takes to like, I need to go to my bed, I need to do this. They just think you're sitting in a card in a video and it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, they just think like you know, ah, he's just like he just I don't know, gets a thought into his head and your one turns on the phone and that's it. And I suppose they don't kind of see that there's got a, a lot of behind the scenes stuff and and it becomes it becomes an obsession. Like mm-hmm. you it kind of grabbed hold of me for a long time where everything that happened, all you're thinking about is the possible outcome for a video. Like watching an Everton match. <laughs> all you're thinking of is the three possibilities. And the three possibilities are what angle will I take if it's a win? What angle will I take if it's a loss? What angle will I take if it's a draw? If it's a draw, unless it's what against one of the big sides, you usually leave it and you don't do a video on it. But like at one stage I was doing a video pre-match and then post-match and it kind of it almost takes takes you over because you can't enjoy the little things anymore because little thing the, the pleasure from little things are stolen from you because you got the new pleasure of watching the video go really big or do very well and that took over 
But as I was saying, the counter that that is then is watching a video doing really poorly. So it kind of takes over your life as well in that sense that you can't even watch the news or something that big in entertainment without having to formulate a video around that subject. See as you're saying on that, Steve. Just you're very similar to me and Ryan, how we started the podcast. We've done it for a bit of fun, but then we started getting into it. Now we're trying to make it bigger. We're trying to get down different avenues, like get your sale and stuff on and try to get bigger people on yeah. all the time. And what you're saying is me and Ryan work full time as well, but we're yeah. all thinking about the podcast. We're always coming up with ideas. We're trying to make it yeah. bigger, better all the time. And just very similar to what you're saying, we can relate to you in that sense, not in the scale you're on, but just how... It becomes yeah. an obsession that you want to you put everything about yourself into that. So then if that's not doing good, that means you're not doing good as a person. And if that's doing good, oh, I, I, it, it makes me feel fulfilled. So it's kind of, it's a, it's a weird kind of way of attaining joy because it's not in the long term achievable mm-hmm. because nothing lasts forever. You know what I mean? I've always thought like, when do I when do I say enough is enough and cut the character and stop doing this? And you kind of think to yourself, maybe maybe it is time to do that. And then you're kind of like, but then what will I do now? You know, does that mean it's, you know, you're kind of like, do I keep flogging a dead horse and keep doing it, with, you know, in years to come when the videos start getting less views? What do I do then? And you're kind of like, you're always worrying about the future and what to do and what will happen. It's definitely as Robert as uh, Robert says here, Stephen. Again, I agree with the two of what you're saying. We've started kind of just. I'm getting obsessive now when it comes to. But I'm obviously a big Celtic fans. I'm sitting with a notepad writing about 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 the game and who's playing well. What, what can I say, Robert? The podcast. Who can I say to the guest? The podcast. Yeah, yeah. What can we speak about? And you're not really watching the game as a fan now. You're watching it yeah. as a podcaster. And yeah, yeah. And you're watching you're, it for material. Aye, and obviously I'm, I'm happy with winning. And when we get beat, I'm like, right, okay, we'll get beat. It's very, it's, it's not very good, but it's good to speak about the podcast because it'll be a good half an hour, 45, or even an hour podcast for us to speak about. And I think it's maybe the same yourself when you get a good kind of storyline. It gives you a good video to put out there for the public. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 so it's, yeah, so it kind of steals the joy out of something you would have got joy out of before. Yeah, and, so, and, and especially it's, with Celtic knowing well and over effing and queuing every five minutes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They'd really, they'd really suck the joy out of you. Especially <laughs> we're going for obviously the the magic tenant. Then it, it, it's failed, so it's been a. But it's been good for us now in the podcast as well, like you were saying, because we've got a lot to speak about, and obviously yeah. s- some people go in the podcast. You know, must be like, right, what are we going to talk about? There's enough for sure, I, remember, I remember at the start of the season, like. Everyone was just like, yeah, yeah, Celtic are going to run away with it. They've already I, started. I'm not going to lie. I, I said it. I, I said it was an absolute certainty, and I've got, yeah. I've got, I've got egg in my face now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Sometimes I, you need to take a step back, Steve, to go too forward, and I think this season's just been a reality check for most of us. Yeah, yeah. Not to take things for granted. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. So, you're a big supporter of Ireland. How do you feel on their? The way they've been just now, the like they have been crap, obviously. But like, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but they're playing better football, in a way, you know. And he has a lot of young fellas coming up, and you know, we don't have the best of a squad. We don't have the best of players, and it's hard to achieve anything with that. So, like, you know, the thing I was saying the last day to my dad, I was saying like, look throw away qualification hopes and let's just use this qualification period as basically a load of friendlies mm. to try and get to, but then the counter to that then is that you slip down in the rankings and the coefficient and that can make qualification harder the next time around but yeah it's kind of it's it's sad to see because I think it's their worst run of games since 67-71 when they were like disastrous but back in that time they didn't play any nation ranked lower than them or any nation with a smaller population, I think I read somewhere. So this is probably the worst run in the history of the team, which is which is depressing. So you reckon it's a transitional period with Ireland just now? Well, my God, I'd hope so. I'd hope so. Like, 
because I I'm I'm a I'm a child in nineteen ninety four and two thousand and two. You know, so looking back at them years and seeing it now, it's 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 depressing. So I yeah. hope to God it's a transition, and I hope something can be built up, and I hope you know a lot of young new prospects with good futures come through. You see, obviously, yeah. you're talking about Ireland. had a soft spot for Ireland because uh-huh. my family's Boyle, so we're from Ireland originally. Obviously. Fine, Irish name. So we are from Ireland originally. So at home, we always watched Ireland in the World Cups and the European Championships. And I'll, I'll yeah. tell you a funny story, but I'll not tell you the, the full story to it. So my sister had a boyfriend who was a Rangers supporter in Ireland. Do you remember played Spain and they missed the two penalties? Yeah, yeah. I so I was lying in my bed hungover and my sister's boyfriend came in at the time and he says, get it up, you, you bastards. And then my dad heard it from the living room, arsed and necked him up the hall and out the door because <laughs> he was saying, I even missed a penalty. My dad says, you're lucky you're my daughter's boyfriend and I kicked your head in. <laughs> he got launched <laughs> in the house. <laughs> I would have kicked his head in anyway. Yeah, he's, he's deserved a kicking head, to be honest with <laughs> you. So that was a, a funny story on supporting Ireland. Yeah, I remember those days. I was just watching the matches and going out and during the during the half time and kicking around a ball and the old flag shout me in. The match is back on again and the Packy Bonner save and just it was just it was like it was crazy. Like yeah. every house and every estate had flags, bunting, everything. It was cars going around beeping horns, boys sitting up in the roofs with flags and everything. It was just insane. Like yeah. because. First time in it, and we so nearly got to the semis. You know, like it could have been the shock of world football. You know what I mean? It wasn't, but to the fans, it was still the biggest thing ever. We nearly got to the semis for the first time ever being in it. You know what I mean? I think we rose to sixth in the world rankings. We qualified the next uh, the next time for ninety four and bet Italy. Like it was revenge for the E knocking us out the year before. You know, so it was like Jesus Christ, did this just happen? We went to you, you know. USA 94, we're after beating Italy now, you know. We so came out of no place and now we have a rivalry with the, the maestros of world football, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's good memories. Yeah. Because obviously you mentioned Ireland as well. <laughs> We've got uh, obviously Shane Duff himself at the moment and obviously he's not been that good um, for us this season. We always, we thought it was going to be a really good signing for us. Um, are you a bit shocked yourself how poor he's been? Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of, you know, I'm shocked as well at the amount of flack and crap he's been getting too, though. You know, that's not going to, it's not going to help improve his situation. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's not. It's going to make him doubt himself as a footballer, going to make him doubt his 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 levels of skill, going to make him doubt everything. You know, like, you know, I know it's, you know, people are going to say it's at the top level of football. It's just, you can't do that once you stop playing well, you're gone. Look at Keane and Man United, gone. You know, you're gone. Once once your time is there, you've given your chance, you don't shine, that's the nature of football. But like, I suppose like, with all this kind of being more mental health aware and things like, mm-hmm. we we often think footballers are just immune to this and would never be affected by the criticism. But mm-hmm. we have to kind of pull back and say, look, it's a game at the end of the fucking day and that's a, that's a lad that, you know, is definitely not feeling the best about his own mm-hmm. abilities at the moment. See, that's something we've kind of spoken about. Obviously, because I'm doing this now, we've had a few kind of, kind of footballers on and kind of other people who have obviously talked about mental health. And it's quite a big thing for me as well, because I've kind of had bits of it myself. So you speak about it, we're playing football, and you realise, we, we spoke to an ex-Celtic player, he was a youth player, um, and he basically says people don't realise if you're not really doing well off the park, it affects you big time on the park. He says, if you have a row with your missus in the morning a game and you play shite, that's not because you've had a bad game. It's because it's stuff that's affecting you. He says, and yeah. they don't realise fans look pants think because you're paying £30 pound and you're getting 10 grand a week that you've got to play well every week and everything's got to be perfect. But you realise, as you said, you take a step back, you need to think, whatever you write on Twitter before you write it, Facebook, remember they've got families and they've got this and that. So yeah. you need to remember... Yeah. As he says, to, to, to some fans, it's not a game, it's a life. But when you take a step back for 90 minutes, I maybe say you're effing this or that, but that's it. And then obviously you talk about it, I maybe he's ought to do better. But as he says, there's certain things you need to rein back in and think, wait a minute, 
be a bit more kind of sensitive what you're saying. Yeah, like they're human too. And as you were saying there, a lot of them are families and stuff. And a lot of, you know, it's like they have to juggle that. And it's not easy with the amount of training and the amount of, you know, work that's involved to to do that. And it's, you know, people have bad days in all walks of life. You know, it's just the nature of us. We're not always perfect. Like a monkey will fall out of a tree. He's not always going to grab the branch. Mm-hmm. We, like, we always seem to think animals are... Like we're, you know, we always have this thing where the animals as well, like the cheetah never trips and falls. He does. The monkey falls out of the tree. You know, animals make mistakes too. You know what I mean? We do. You know, it's just, it's the nature of being a human, being a mammal. We make mistakes. Because I think it's something we have obviously, we're kind of trying to touch on it as well, obviously. It's a Celtic podcast and whatever else, but as Robert says, we're trying to touch on different avenues, obviously with mental health and anything else we can kind of, can I get out there and get, if anybody needs support of, even just a chat in general, even if it's just about anything, because we know these days a lot of things are kind of restricted and obviously, as you say, there, people have got families and maybe they can't speak to families. So yeah. it's, it's something that's going to be, as we've spoken about, especially in Scotland, I don't know if it's like in Ireland, but it's got to, it's really got to kind of mention a lot more. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, we have come a long way in in the last, like, two, three years in regards to mental health awareness. We're a lot more, even on Twitter, I see it like there's a lot less vitriol and mm. attacks and things. There can be. Like, I know for myself, they come out of the woodwork now and again when I say something, but I, I do go out of my way to attack certain groups, but that's mm. because I despise their existence. That wouldn't be a football thing now. That'd be like far right people in Ireland that I, I go out of my way to, I kind of go out of my way to put myself in their targets, you know, in their target lines. But at the same time, when you have a platform, you, I feel a moral imperative to kind of speak out about these things. So you feel like you should be doing it, you know. So, yeah, I got a bit of flack over that. But you don't really mind that. Like, you know, I put a thing up on Facebook and a load of people unfollowed me. And I'm kind of like, what does it matter? What's the grand scale of things? What does a few hundred people that follow you unliking you mean to you mm-hmm. you know because too long I've kind of judged my value as a person by your social media stats because with the job I do that is my value of a person and that is what I'm worth like how many subscribers do you have so it's not like yeah, are you a good person do you look mm-hmm. after your family do you blah 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 it's like how many subscribers do you have you know it's how how many people attended your last show you know how, what's your average uh, ticket selling price how much is your merchandise blah 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 you become you become a, a figure and that becomes your value as opposed to being your value being you and what you do what you do outside of like Farmer Michael or whatever else you know but I think definitely what you're saying is correct I think in, in general life though but I think it's definitely as Steve says it's maybe people aren't kind of I'm not really being as, as angry towards a lot of stuff now, but some sometimes people, as Steve says, sometimes need to rain a wee bit. Yeah, you've got to remember that Shane Duffy's dad had passed his way, away as well. So, yeah, you know what I mean? There's a lot going on behind the scenes that people don't understand. They just see it. He's not playing well. He's no time for the jersey. It's, yeah. There's more life now than out with football, and people have got to understand that, especially with COVID times and everything else. I mean, mental health and everything else that goes on in the world it's just we've got to realise the bigger picture now than just yeah. one thing oh um, definitely like you don't just come back a week later from or two weeks later from your dad dying you know yeah. you don't you don't just you know we seem to think like ah sure that's enough time now we should be grand you know but if it was us then we'd be like complaining all the time you know it's mm-hmm. like as the saying walk a walking a mile in a fella's shoes you know yeah, and another thing, Steve, is everybody does everything different. There's no right or wrong way yeah. how to get it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It takes two or three years in one person. It could take two months in another person. So we've got yeah, to yeah. Absolutely. It's the same with anything. It's yeah. the same with anything, really. You know, we're we're different. Yeah. And on a more positive note, you'll be happy with how Ancelotti's doing at Everton now? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was more so up until... The last few games, I suppose, we kind of we had a chance to we had a chance to kind of bolster ourselves up there, but you know we're still doing good in the in the grand scheme of things. Like if we can get this, 
I, I like I just worry even against Crystal Palace on Monday. I kind of have this like it's Everton, you know, that we'll throw it away. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get you get so near and then you draw with Newcastle or something, and you're like, oh Jesus, that's you know what I mean? You had it like you know, you can have 99% of the possession but still lose 2 1. You know what I mean? It's kind of you know, you have the opportunity there, like you know, just get the three points Monday, you know, focus, focus, focus. Because I think like, it would be <laughs> Even any sort of European spot would be incredible, you know. No, definitely, especially I, I think that's can uh, I've seen obviously Scottish football and English football the golfing money is different, but Everton have spent a good bit of money, but I think they've spent it wisely in getting Ancelotti yeah. in. It's a very, very shrewd move because for me, he's one of the top managers in the world. So I think it might take him maybe a year or two more, but I think he's definitely going to do good things with Everton. Oh yeah, they're improving vastly. Like, and they they're holding the ball better. They're playing better football. You know, it's not. You know, Everton was were always seen as the kind of you know almost the dogged kind of rough kind of side of the Premiership, and now there's this, there's this flair and this class, you know, and you want to see that too. You want to you, you obviously you'll take a Premier League title if there's if there's no flair. Who gives a shit? But it's nice to see that as well when you're watching. It's nice to see proper football and like like he's he's he's, he's a great manager, and with the stadium news and everything, it's just. You know, and like I was saying there like a while ago about, I think, a video topic straight away. The first thing that came into my mind when I said, like, any sort of your spot would be great. It's like mm-hmm. Michael pulling the piss out of the name, the <laughs> imperceptible, impronounceable names of foreign teams. You know what I mean? Again, as, as you say, if you're in Europe and it's with your team doing well and qualifying, it's, as you say, it's giving you material to cross shit. Like, you'll do this now. I'll do this, and uh, again, it's always you're always on the uh, kind of lookout for for kind of material yeah. to do. Yeah. You're always on, really, because I think it's again as it's the same as us. We're looking at Celtic, right? That was terrible. Market down, right? A, a podcast. You'd always, obviously, as Robert says, we're known the kind of larger scale as yourself. But it's just it's always good to look at a different a different kind of aspect. Yeah, yeah. It's like I was saying, it kind of zaps the enjoyment out of it, you know, because it's more like you're watching it for work. Mm-hmm. Like when you were a kid and you had to watch a certain thing for school to do something on, you didn't really want to watch it because you had to do it. So, so it becomes a chore as opposed to a, a thing that you love. Aye. And I know, but you're, you're looking <laughs> at everything and you're, you're, you're trying to look at players we can sign and I'm like, people are probably listening to you, but it's, it's good to kind of broaden your knowledge as well. Yeah. yeah. What's your opinion, Steve, on the Celtic situation in Ireland and stuff? And like over in Ireland, what's the people's opinion on it? Obviously, they've lost 10 now, but is there quite a big following where you're from in Ireland on Celtic? Oh, there would be, yeah. There'd be more so before when they were successful, ironically enough, and when they were in Europe all the time. You would yeah. always see people with the Celtic shirts, and now less so. But it's it's kind of the nature of a lot of fans over here in Ireland. They they jump on the bandwagon when a team is doing well. Like you know <laughs> what I mean. I know for a fact that if Man United went down into the first division in '93 or whatever and stayed down there, you would not have the amount of Man United fans you have now. Like we used to have loads of Forest fans. We used to have loads of Leeds fans. They're they're practically disappeared now. They'll start coming out now that Leeds are back. You know what I mean. So it's just. Because people want to watch Premiership football, and if a t- your team doesn't happen to get in that, they'll end up jumping on some other bandwagon. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of fans are like that. Yeah, there's the hardcore element as well, like, but there are a lot that kind of would would have jumped on Celtic, especially when they were in Europe European games. Mm-hmm. Is that with Brendan Rodgers and stuff as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think it was the same. Game. It was the same as back here, Steve. When obviously there's a the season books wasn't as full and then as soon as Brendan Rodgers came, everybody was buying tickets and as you say, people will, were all out with the flags or Celtic this, Celtic that. Now this season, some fans are saying, oh, I might not review again. Then obviously, Brum's Eddie Howe came then and then fans are all excited again. So, as you say, just swinging roundabouts. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it as well is just people kind of, I suppose it's, it's less visible because the team aren't doing well. Mm. You're not going to see too many people out with their jersey on because they're not going into the pub to watch the match too at the same time. I think that's what we're all missing it, Robert, go to the pub. 
<laughs> yeah. The game's more than it now, and then going for a beer, I suppose. Yeah, that's definitely it. But hopefully there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, Jesus, it's time to it's time to live again, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, Steve. And obviously you're talking dates like for Glasgow and stuff, Steve. Say that again. Have you any upcoming dates for Glasgow in 2022? That's so fair. The last time we were there was I think we were there in 2019. We were at uh, Cottiers, I think. Cottiers Theatre. Cottiers Theatre. Where's that, Ryan? Do you know where that is? I've heard it, but I can't remember where it is. Yeah, that's where it was. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was. It was insane. It was brilliant. Yeah. It was gas because there was a few Rangers fans in as well. That which made it all the, all the better. And uh, some woman came up on the stage and she was pissed and she fell over. So that was, that, yeah, that was like, we're definitely in Glasgow now. Yeah, good. Have you well, any... Well, hopefully me and Ryan uh-huh. can get to see you. Uh, definitely. Um, have you any, now, obviously you've got a tour next year. Um, which can I, as you say, future plans, maybe new characters? Have, have you any more dates to add on as well with your tour or is it just kind of uh, played by you? We'll be adding a few, a few more dates to the Irish tour and then we'll see how the position is progressing in the UK, whether we'll do London and Glasgow and Liverpool and things like that. So hopefully, hopefully... Maybe if all goes well, the autumn sometime. But mm-hmm. I'm not jumping the gun on it yet because you don't want to waste all your effort and energy into plugging something that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Because you'd be only disappointed even more so then. It's very hard. It's very hard. Is it you know, to plan anything? You holidays or anything? You can't really plan yeah. anything. It must be hard for your yourself to, as you say, to plan anything because you're like, if I could plan something. I could put back a suit next week, but then three weeks later we're back in lockdown. So you like it's very hard to judge it. Yeah, there's nothing worse than not being in control of a situation, given I'm a I'm a bit of a control freak anyway when it comes mm. to organizing the tours and gigs. I like to do it myself and keep an eye on how many tickets is blah blah for XYZ City and things. So when when that's taken out of your hands and you can't even like think about even starting a tour, it's kind of like uh, you know. Uh, but um, it's, it's, I think in general, life, Robert, and it, it's very hard. It must be hard, obviously, it's hard for us, but it must be hard for Steve Ashley's job to actually plan. And it, it, it must be really hard to actually think, like, when am I going to start doing this again? Because for us, it's hard to actually go to work <laughs> when we go to go to work again or when we go to do this. But that's his full time job. And that must, as well as Steve says, it's kind of like it takes a full of your life. Definitely, Ryan, especially comedy, because. Comedy, as Steve says, it could be a short span of how many how many people enjoy your comedy and your sketches yeah. because he needs to look for new material constantly. Whereas we go to work, we know exactly what we're doing. Steve's job is completely different for us. He's got to think on the ball all the time. And if he's maybe got a tour date in two years' time, what he was going to do, he might think, oh no, what if people don't like that now? Mm-hmm. What if I need to change it all back? So it must be really, really hard, Steve, on that sense. Yeah, you're you're kind of always worried about the future, and like I was saying, you're always worried. Like, is the is the is the, you know, is the love for what I do gone now, and do I have to go back to the drawing board and start with a new one, even though people will hate it? And let, then then with the new character, do you hope that he'll catch on? And how long do you give the new character until you go right? That's not working. You know what I mean? How long do you test it? Because like Michael, a few of the videos took off, but a lot of them are low low thousands of views and stuff mm. but it still managed to take off after a while but you never know you know we're in a different climate now in a different kind of situation different environment so you're kind of like you know I suppose yeah it's kind of it's a weird situation because people people seem to think because of what you do and you're on telly and stuff and all this that you're a multi-millionaire and like you're kind of like no all I'm making now is the money from YouTube which is mm-hmm. damn all because a lot of my videos are unmonetized Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm living on now. Like some people think you're loaded, which is always the misconception. How much do you get from Facebook? How much do you get from this? And you're like, nothing. How much did you get when you're on the late late show? And you're like, zero. How much do you, you know what I mean? So you're, people kind of even don't believe you when you say that to them because they're like, oh, what? And you're like, yeah, that's like, I wouldn't be touring otherwise. You make money from mm-hmm. the shows, you know. I do think they're going to be minty because you get millions of views and they think that it's, it's, all, it's all hunky-dory and that side. Yeah. But I think it's, I don't know, but it's interesting that he says that because I think that's just in general life. People think because you're a footballer, you're absolutely full of money and you've got any issues. The same with Steve, oh, he's, he's a funny guy, he's got money. And 
again, it's not like that. Yeah. No, that's the impression people give it. As they say, Steve, they see Steve all over YouTube, Twitter. Oh, that guy must be absolutely raking it in. But he can't do his tour dates. He, he... Well, you disappeared. That's all right. Um, no, but I definitely, I can definitely understand what everyone was going to say there. It's hard for, can I, people think because you're doing YouTube and you're doing that, that as you, as you mentioned, everything's all brilliant and yeah. but they, they don't when you're see, visible, when you're visible, you're, you're seeing so much that, oh, you must be, you must be loaded. Why else would you be doing it? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I just started doing it for the crack and I kind of continued and then it became my kind of job. But, you know, I like doing it as well at the same time. You know what I mean? Aye, it's given, plus, especially during lockdown, it's given you more things to think about as well. Because obviously yeah. a lot of people are, as you say, people are maybe struggling mental health or they can't really do much, but you're always kind of on the go thinking, right, this pops up, I'll do this. And then, again, I think that's, that's maybe a good thing in comedy. There's always something to pop up for you to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's always like, you know, there's always, I suppose the possibilities are endless as long as you kind of channel them and as long as you jump on them. You know, I've, I've other characters as well and I kind of messed around with them. Like, I do a lot of different ones as well. But I thought, Michael, because some fans might see everything I post, so they only think, oh, Michael, that's it. And like, so you're kind of like, you know, the, the relative success, but you're kind of, you're thinking like, right, I need, do I need to step back to the drawing board and come up with another character? But see, I was going to do Michael because you ape what you know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You ape what you kind of grew up with and listening to farmers down our granny's house years ago. So you're kind of aping that. So you kind of, you want to be able to pull off the character as authentically as possible, you know? I but it's, honestly, your videos are brown and the, the farmer Michael was... It's, it's brilliant yeah, I think a lot of people can can, uh, they can react to it as well um, and obviously the one you put up our day with, with, uh, with the Easter was honestly it was comical I know it might not be PC but it was honestly I was in stitches and I, d- I don't know if a lot of people in Scotland actually know about it but people I speak to obviously a few people I know saying oh, I've got I've sleep on the podcast or like that we don't know, and then I say, so I say, guy, there's a video, and I show, oh, him, no, so they understand too, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and they can go, ah, oh, he's brilliant. I'm like, I know you should watch it more often because it's brilliant, yeah. I get that a lot, really. Like, they, they, a lot of people tell me, like, they'll be there, like, they'll say Steve or Timothy, and be like, oh, never, <laughs> I, I never heard of him. And then you go, like, the farmer Michael fell in, they go, ah, oh, yeah, or the short picture, like, oh, yeah, I've been watching him for years, but they just don't know me because they'll only maybe watch it on YouTube or whatever. So they don't, they don't know who the hell I am, you know what I mean, as and an individual. And they don't know the actual person yourself, it's a character they know. Yeah. And you tell them then that you, like, you know, that you get very anxious and that you don't like going out much, and they'll mm. be like, fuck off. They don't believe you. Like, uh, they really don't believe you. Mm. Like, they kind of think, oh, that fella would be great crack. I'd say he'd go into the middle of, Air Square in Galway and start doing pranks and stuff and you're there the furthest like I get embarrassed when someone asks me to do the voice I feel pressured into it and I kind of tend to not do it but I'll always stand for a selfie and stuff I'll always right. like mm-hmm. or, you know say hello to someone but I just when it comes to I, I kind of don't like performing it out in public mm-hmm. unless it's for a show unless it's yeah. a gig you know? how's, how's obviously how's it been that people getting selfies and stuff has that been like can I buy a whirlwind uh, it's kind of mad, yeah. That you get so many people that like you wouldn't expect. Like, I get a lot of older people because they think it's gas because they remind me of their dad or whatever. But <laughs> that's kind of cross cultural as well. You get a lot, like in America as well. Like they, even like African American community, they'd know a, they'd have an uncle that'd be like Michael. You know, that's mm-hmm. it's the backward kind of uncle or granddad. He is backward, but he swears he's right with everything. He knows everything, and everyone else is wrong. You know what I mean? And he's kind of, he's trapped. He's like a 60s farmer brought mm. into the modern age. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's weird when people come over and kind of very posh people as well. Uh, my my daughter lives in New York and absolutely loves the videos. <laughs> a quick message to Sarah. She's studying law and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, cool. You know, so yeah, it's weird. Yeah, well, it's like, it's, it just shows you as well kind of how far it is maybe getting, like the yeah. reach you're getting. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, you know, you kind of always, I suppose like 
you become so used to it that you almost take it for granted mm-hmm. and you still be enjoying it because there will be a time when that doesn't happen anymore and no one will want yourself mm-hmm. you know no one will have any interest in getting a selfie with you which is sad to say but you know that's no that's... But, but I totally get that it's, it's definitely true as you say one minute your videos are booming next minute they're doing next minute you get selfies now you'll know it's it as yeah. a bit like oh why why is this all of a sudden stopped but as you yeah. say Things, things happen and things don't always continue the way they, should, the way they are. Yeah. And it's like, it's like the same with many footballers as well that wouldn't have been massively known but are mm-hmm. big in their day because they're with a big club. They might be a defender or something. And they like they turn to alcoholism and drugs and stuff because mm-hmm. they lose that rush of going out onto the pitch. They lose that rush yeah. of people recognising them and the kids uh, idolising them and wanting their signature and wanting a selfie with them. And then when you no longer have that, it's kind of like, what do I do now? Like, you know, is this is this it you know and yeah. it's the same kind of as well because you've been limited it's the same kind of thing because you've been limited lifespan in football mm-hmm. that's true I and I think it's they just I, make a bit more money I, I, but I, it's true what you say that sometimes they feel like because obviously a lot of footballers haven't got maybe a trade or they've not got something else behind them and after yeah. football as you say it's like, like what else can I do now um, yeah. and I think maybe right, more of Right, articles are going to punditry, but yeah, that's very not every footballer can do that. There'd be too many pundits, you know, so that's limited as well. Like, and I think Moore's got to, see, I don't know the ins and outs of whether it's like in Ireland or even in England with the PFA, but I think they're maybe got to do more to help these guys outside when, when they when they actually punish football. Absolutely, absolutely. I think, yeah, they do a lot with younger players nowadays when they mm-hmm. come through the ranks and start earning huge money to like help them and. You know, not to let it go to their head and them to like, you know, buy a Lambo and crash drink driving or whatever. But I think more needs to be done coming out the other side as well. Basically, yeah, like, you, know, you basically need to, you almost need to be debriefed to go back into civilian life. No, I, 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 think, I, I think that's totally spot on, mate, because as you say, they're in a bubble, they're in yeah. football, they're maybe going nights out. They're in this whirlwind, uh, just a bubble of football, and then as he says, they leave that bubble, and it's just a big bad world out there, and yeah, they're not really yeah. the they're not really the superstar anymore. So you're having to deal with general life now. You're a family man, yeah. You need to go and get a, a job, and then again, that's when the mental health side comes in. That can affect the people a lot, even though they've got all this money. But as we all know, money's no everything in life. Yeah, like you're basically retiring at 36, 37, 38, 39. You know what I mean, and. There's a long, long life after that yet. And if you have to, you know, if you have to deal, if you're self-medicating or dealing with your depression wrongly or get depression in the first place, that's a long time to deal with that. Definitely. And I think it's something, actually, I, I don't know how much the footballers actually get help, um, but I think it's maybe something, again, as you say, when they retire, they don't really think about how much it's going to affect these people with football. I, yeah. think in, I think in general, any, any kind of celebrity, maybe even like yourself, when you stop kind of doing comedy, thinking, me, what am I going to do now? There's other guys in maybe like America and stuff, all these celebrities who are not really big anymore, and they might have that kind of whirlwind out of the bubble, and you're thinking, yeah. like, what else do I do? Like, like, like yourself, you're always you're looking at videos, you're doing this, and then once you, you stop doing videos, you're like, what am I going to do now? Yeah. But is yeah. that something you've kind of thought about, or do you just continue to just do comedy then when it happens, it happens? I think about it, yeah. I think about it a lot more lately, I think, with all the lockdown and everything that's happened in my personal life. You kind of, you think about that a bit more and you think about, like, you know, should I just, like, it's almost like it kind of eats you, eats mm-hmm. it, and you're like, I, I need to grow up and, like, cop on and, you know, just stop stop this silliness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of that way. And then, then the negative voices from, you know, certain social media comments and things do you know get to you more because you're mm-hmm. more vulnerable yourself so it's times like them when you're sitting back thinking and guessing about life that that's when them comments kind of really you know stick you to the wall like uh, it's, it's definitely something I think in general it's good to be looked at when these guys retire and obviously celebrities people as you say because they're these big people that I think they're going to be okay and I think it's not always okay especially I think maybe sometimes it affects people when they're they are bigger than maybe people who are maybe not as well off because 
they've had that joy and then they've gone for boom back down again. And I think it's yeah. a big, as you say, it's a big, it's a big whirlwind going from the top to the bottom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But I think hopefully, um, as the mental health side can obviously can obviously outside the lockdown, it can get better, and I think it is getting better when, when it comes to that. Um, but again, Steve, I'm really glad you've come on. I really appreciate your time. Um, Robert's well. uh, Robert Barty died there, so that's <laughs> in my way. Um, but again, honestly, I hope family lives yeah, continue to go well. And um, the tour, thank you so much. Um, I look forward to hopefully we do get in Glasgow. We'll, we'll try and get there, even Ireland. Me and Robert, I've, I've said Robert, we might even try and go over, mate. Um, again, your stuff's brilliant. Uh, continue to be yourself, mate. And thanks for coming on, and I really appreciate it. And take care. Thank you so much, man. Thanks, thank you. you. Cheers. Cheerio. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. We can't deny the need to fly. 